Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, April 8th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javi Peno. I have all types of good stuff on there. Sometimes bad stuff, but we don't talk about the bad stuff. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on either of those accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, as well as the Gmail, which is LockedOnPadres at gmail.com. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And today is a good show because finally, after what feels like a, a millennia of back and <laughs> forth emails and, and just some miscommunications on my part and what have you, and but it's, it's finally happened. We have the last person of the NL West division, the Rockies host, that is Miss Jenna Garcia, I'm being joined by, who hosts the Locked On Rockies podcast. How are you doing, Jenna? Pretty good, as good as everybody can be, right, in these times, but I'm glad mm-hmm. we finally got this to work out. I guess I, I assumed you were in San Diego, because you're doing right. Padres podcast. Yeah, it's a fair we assumption. <laughs> we were going back and forth for so long, so I'm glad we finally made it work. Yeah, and you like the first day, like I think the first day we emailed happened to be when everything started getting shut down. When I think that that night, it was like I emailed you like in the afternoon and then you got back to me. But then that night was the uh, like when the NBA got shut down. So everything was just kind of has just been absolutely nuts for the past like two weeks, especially that day. It's it's really like kind of unprecedented times we're in right now. It really is. Yeah. And yeah, I work also doing with Nuggets stuff. So I... I can't even keep my head like wrapped around what kind of, you know, who's giving money to their G league or to their, to players in the minor Mm -hmm. leagues and like all of the different stuff, because it's just like every day is something new. Absolutely. And yeah, for you with the Rockies and the Nuggets too. I mean, it's really nuts. And the Nuggets, I don't remember what their seeding was at the moment, but they're having a good season again. um, I I remember getting into them actually a little bit just as someone who, I've I've never talked about bas- basketball on the, this podcast for obvious reasons, but what might as well. <laughs> I call myself a die easy Clippers fan. I just liked Chris Paul, and he joined that team at one point, and I've been finding them. But the the Nuggets a few years ago were kind of like this fun hipster team that I started getting into too with Jokic <laughs> and Jamal Murray, and they're they're not they, they don't have that hipster vibe anymore because they're like one of the better teams in the league. So it's but it's so it's not quite the same. I don't I know that sounds like super hipster or whatnot, but I don't know <laughs> the, the the Nuggets are a fun team. It's really unfortunate. It's, it's really just everything all around. I mean, that's affecting sports right now. And obviously, not to make light of it, people are going through some very real problems too um, outside of sports. But it's very um, – it's affecting everything. I mean, service time and like you said with minor league salaries and stuff like that. So it's really been all over the place. But I'm hoping that we can just talk some some divisional rivalry, I guess, is the way to put <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, for and, sure. And do that for the first time. So let me start off by asking you the Rockies. Okay. It's, it's, it's a team based in Colorado. <laughs> That's such a yes. bad way to start. Right. Um, so what is kind of your opening, like what would be your, your pitch for people for what to expect from the Rockies this season, assuming we have a season and like, what are like the main storylines you think that are, that people should be following? Honestly, I was struggling to figure out what I expected from this season um, of baseball as a whole way before any of the COVID stuff happened just because you had so many kind of changes to different teams, especially around the NL West, uh, the Diamondbacks acquiring big names, same with uh, the Dodgers as always acquiring more big names. And 
but you also had just like even the angels right getting rendon mm-hmm. after he wins a world series just some uh jt realmuto to the phillies just big moves that i thought this could really turn the tables in every way except for for the dodgers who are always at the front of the table i guess yeah it's it's, but, it's quite annoying oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i mean i Actually, that's been the number one thing I've liked the most about doing these crossover pods is like getting to talk to everybody else who hates the Dodgers too and being like, <laughs> yes, we're, we, we're in this together. Like I'm not yeah, by yeah. myself over here. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough because the – and what's annoying about the Dodgers too, sorry to interrupt you there, um, is that they also have like a pretty good farm system and then they also acquired Mookie Betts. It's just like, all right, guys, like chill out. Although there's kind of this fun – I, I don't that maybe fun isn't the way to put it, but this subplot of like the Dodgers might not even get to use Mookie Betts this year because of what's been going on. Like, right. <laughs> that's like kind of a nuts right. thing to think about, honestly. And we'll see because I know the Padres were actually linked to him for a little bit. Yeah, well, and and to that, you know, like, I don't know if that's really fair. Like the Dodgers paid for mm-hmm. him for one year. They should get for him for one year of actual baseball. Like I'm mm-hmm. not sure where I sit on that line. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I still want like – young guys to get their service time too Mm because like that helps them get to their next contract faster so it's it's tough yeah i can imagine that that's going to be like an interesting it's really i don't think enough people have been talking about that's gonna be an interesting storyline really with with our division and all of baseball where it's like what side is going to prevail on that i i assume there's going to be some type of word jargon that is going to prove one way or the other what has to happen. But I, I have a feeling that since he didn't play like a single regular season game, and I don't, I think he only played like a couple of minor league or not minor league spring training games that I have a feeling that he's probably going to stay there another year, but we'll see either way. That's definitely a, an NL West type of narrative to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, I guess I just think like if the Rockies had gone out and got him, I would be pissed if we didn't get to see him play in an actual Rockies uniform, you know, because the Rockies never go out and get anyone. And yeah. if they had done that, I would have been like, finally, they did it. And then this happens. I would have been so mad. So I, I'm yeah. trying to show a little bit of empathy towards the Dodgers, although it's painful to do yeah. it. And that's interesting. You mentioned the thing about how the Rockies never really acquire anybody. That's interesting to me because the Padres like seem to be spending more money these days than the Rockies. I know the Rockies gave Arenado the the big two seventy five ish contract. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's interesting that they have they've had this team for years. That I mean, as far as I remember, when I was a kid, I remember like guys like Matt Holiday and the, this. It was like this offensive team always. And a lot of that, mm-hmm. I guess, could be attributed to the the altitude and the fact that if you've ever played fantasy baseball, everyone always says draft Rockies players, whatever you do, uh, because it's just <laughs> so it's just it shows like the numbers have shown that it's, it's a more offensive ballpark. But it's interesting that they've never just had like sign a Madison Bumgarner, for example, or sign like mm-hmm. a pitcher who's a B plus to an A. You know, it's it's interesting that that's never really happened. While other teams in the league, like the Diamondbacks, all of a sudden they. They lost their best player, Goldschmidt, and then they kind of, you know, hung in there. And they were better than both of our teams last year by a significant margin. The Rockies had 71 wins, actually. Padres had 70, which I still uh, I don't even know. But um, <laughs> that's that's really nuts. It's um, it's interesting to see. Does that like frustrate you? Because this isn't like some small market. You know, Denver isn't like a a an Oakland. It isn't a Tampa Bay type of market. So is it is it frustrating sometimes? That. 
That's kind of the, that's usually how people see it, right? Denver's a big city. Mm -hmm. You have all five major sports. You have soccer, you have hockey, you have football, baseball, and basketball. And they're all the major sports at the top level. No double A, triple A. I mean, you would think it's a huge market. And as I thought, come you know, wanting to go into sports and work in sports media, well, Denver's great because I'll have all the sports teams to cover. Like everything I would want to cover, mm-hmm. I could have here. We have professional lacrosse here, everything. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, for whatever reason, it's it's much more a small market team. Aside from the Broncos, no no team in Colorado really, and that could be because they're all owned by Stan Kroenke. Aside from um, the Rockies, but no team of, of those other sports really ever goes out and acquires big name guys or spends a lot of money on their teams here. They, it's just not, I mean, the Monforts are well known as, as being like, Oh, we're going to home grow our guys. We're going to use our farm system. And I think, uh, it's a pretty fair, fair argument to say like Mm -hmm. they don't want to go out and get an a or b plus a plus pitcher because it's so tough to pitch here that it's almost like you're gonna pay more for already anticipated worse numbers right because Mm -hmm. no matter what that pitcher's numbers will likely decline here in colorado because of the altitude and therefore is he really worth that same value Mm -hmm. in the end you know and Mm -hmm. so i think the Monforts just try to stick to who they have in their farm system and grow their guys. Obviously they scored with Herman Marquez. They acquired him and Jake McGee from the Rays a couple years back. And Herman's really turned out for them. He, I mean, he's gotten himself in some very sticky situations as well. There's countless games I can think of, including last year's home opener where he like let up seven runs in four innings. Mm. Um, Or that might've been two years ago. I can't remember. It was a really, really cold one here in Denver for that home opener. But either, yeah, I think it was two years ago. But he he's done really well in other situations too. You know, he's he's been a real ace for them and kind of more sturdy of the pitchers as far as injury and things like that. He hasn't fallen out. Um, and obviously Kyle Freeland struggled with his mechanics last year. And so he fell to AAA for a little while. And the year before that, John Gray had fallen off the – um, major league ladder a little bit and had to go down to AAA and work on some things as well. So I think it's just a matter as far as pitching goes, a matter of not wanting to spend a lot of money on pitchers who aren't going to put up the same numbers they would elsewhere. But then you look at, I mean, they, their bullpen, they've acquired tons of great bullpen guys at Wade Davis. Um, and he still, you know, had a terrible year last year. Yeah. It's interesting. But, and like you said, like I, I get the whole, the altitude thing and that guys's numbers, it seems will inevitably get inflated no matter how good they are. But it's, I've always still found it interesting that they never at least like said, screw it. Like, let's just try and go for one of these things. Let's try and have a, an ace pitcher. And, and like you said, with Marquez, he had that season. I'm looking at it right now, the 230 strikeout season, 3.4 ERA. He was, that was like one of the better, what's the word? Uh, seasons I can remember from a Rockies pitcher, like in a long, long time. So, and then he kind of regressed a little bit last year. So it's, it's unfortunate, I guess, is the the way I said. 3.7 ERA, by the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think the Padres, I mean, we we haven't talked about this, Javi, but I'm from San Diego. I grew up mm, a Padres okay. fan. Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn runs in my veins. So it, <laughs> it's definitely tough to, like, 
watch my team that I grew up on. Right. And now mm-hmm. they're actually out there like fighting for players that I think the Rockies should be going for. And instead right. of covering the Padres, I'm covering the Rockies, but it's funny they've, because they've I didn't after- grow up a Padres what? fan. <laughs> You didn't? No, I did not. I grew up a Yankees fan, and I still got a lot of love for them, but uh, with the Padres and whatnot. I, I've always talked about on the podcast, the reason I am liking the Padres and that this opportunity came up to host the podcast is I like underdogs, and I'm attracted to this idea that the Padres are like the fifth most relevant baseball team in their state. I just like that. <laughs> it's just fun. And I like yeah. the idea of even the athletics. Like, they're more relevant. Yeah, they're a small market team, too. But it's just it's just fun like to to do that with the Dodgers and Angels and whoever I'm missing. Right. It's just really fun to kind of root for that. And they've they've had some years, you know what I mean? And I'm not as familiar with the early days of the Padres, but still I'm I'm learning as time goes on, I guess you could say. That's right, guys. We're taking a little bit of a break. That is my transition sound because I don't have one to talk to you guys about postmates. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. And believe me, guys, as I am sitting here recording this, it's Wednesday, April 8th. Guys, let me tell you, I am so jazzed to order food tonight. Probably going to – I don't even want to reveal what I'm ordering. This is arguably the – I've talked a lot about food regularly on the podcast, let alone from Postmates. And let me tell you, I am so jazzed for this that it's really all I care about. This is, this is my moment. This is my destiny, and this is my fate, and Postmates is helping me out with that. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. Yeah, I know. That was a crazy story, guys. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I could think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs, I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. And obviously given the circumstances we are in right now, that is very, very important. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Yeah, no, they they definitely have had some years. And honestly, their farm system looks pretty good as well. And I actually had them score uh out i i had the padres beating the diamondbacks finishing higher than the diamondbacks and the rockies this year Woo! all right there you go there's the <laughs> take i'm just gonna isolate that one part after we're done with this i'm just gonna put that out that's it that'll be the whole podcast but that's fair, that's it's fair. Interesting. I, I accept it <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though because i think the padres and rockies the padres were i think expected last year to make a bit of a jump you know you have the machado signing Paddock is getting called up. Tatis gets called up. And Denelson Lamette, who's like this underrated, I think, second pitcher, but he gets hurt. There's there's things to like on the Padres last year. And I think a lot of people actually picked them to kind of improve and be better. And then instead, they were like one of the eight worst teams in the league. And then the Rockies, they were fighting for that playoffs bar. Actually, they were in the playoffs. I think it was two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And now you have, you know, still good offensive players with Blackman and and Arenado, of course, and Trevor Story, who is the bane of my existence, by the way. I can, Trevor Story, so I love, I love him. He's he's great. I got him the one year he wasn't good in fantasy, so I've just, I'm, I've, I can't <laughs> forgive him for that. It's one of those things. Like if you play fantasy sports, you never forget 
the one season that like a good player was bad and you happen to right. have them like you know some person mike trout's gonna have a down year one year and that's gonna right. be the first time someone drafted mike trout but anyway enough <laughs> of the fantasy talk but it's interesting that their offensive players really were, were pretty good even david Dahl's pretty decent um their pitching went down but they really kind of fell off a cliff last year what do you think was if you could summarize really quickly what do you think that that boiled down to the most you think you know i've been doing using this quarantine time to really dive into like baseball theory and is it more important to be an offensive team is it more important to be a defensive team Mm -hmm. and and you can have those kinds of like separations in other sports right in basketball you can have you the golden state warriors shooting more three-pointers than any other team and therefore they are better like hands down Mm -hmm. every time because the clock will run out and you'll run out of times and opportunities to shoot two pointers. Right. So they're going to outscore you no matter what in basketball, you can have that kind of mindset. But what I've found is that baseball, you really can't, you have to have both. You can't win in baseball with just offense and you can't win in baseball with just defense. And I actually did an interview yesterday with, uh, the Phillies, like double a catcher. Um, Mm -hmm. and he was, talking about how, I mean, he was great. He took, he talked about so many different things just as a catcher and parts of the game that you get to experience and, and see differently as a catcher and calling the game and how you, they, he kind of calls certain things messing with uh, a batter's mind, how he tries to read that batter, what he studies about the batter. And it was really interesting. Cause I haven't really, I never played catcher. I was always shortstop or third base. Um, mm. So I never had had that like mindset or, or thought process that he was kind of walking me through. But I think what I've learned the most is, is that, that you have to have offense and defense and the Rockies just haven't been able to put those two things together. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought last year um, at the beginning of the season, Nolan Arenado was just, he was raking. He, he was, doing amazing things at the plate. And I thought in like the first couple months, and I thought he was really going to be known last year for his bat more than for his glove for the first time, I think ever. Cause I would say most people hands down know Nolan for his glove. Mm -hmm. And that just didn't happen. You know, Trevor story really uh, stepped up. David Dahl ended up getting an injury and he was having a great season till that injury. Uh, They get rid of DJ LeMayhew to the Yankees and replace him with Ryan McMahon, who, had a great season, really did have a, a phenomenal um, debut year, but not a DJ LeMahieu kind of right. season. And yeah. so you sacrifice those numbers there. Charlie Blackman fell off a little bit um, offensively. He's been off <laughs> for a while defensively. He's not a great defender. He's there for his bat. And then they did things like, you know, you lose DJ LeMahieu, um, Ian Desmond, not hitting the way they thought he would hit at all for <laughs> since he's been here, right? Yeah, um, he's kind of like the he, Will Myers of the Rockies. Sure, yeah. He has some good moments, and he, and he can be clutch even sometimes, but not nearly as much as he's getting paid to be. Right, exactly. So, it's funny yeah, because – and then – Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, that – so you ended up losing two big at-bats with the first base and second base – spots kind of being like their weakness in the infield, right? You get decent at bats at, at shortstop and third. You have at least two good at bats in the outfield with David Dahl and Charlie Blackman. 
Um, but then you, you're missing part of that rotation of that lineup. You end up missing out, you know, there's three or four holes in there that you really can't afford to have. And uh, I would say, I thought that the pitching, although it wasn't fabulous, it wasn't terrible. It was pretty good on the road and it wasn't terrible at home. You know, guys stepped up pitch, mm-hmm. pitching, wise, starting pitching wise, and were able to finally, towards the end of the season, you were getting guys who were going six innings, which we almost, you know, at the beginning of last season, weren't seeing at all, except for Marquez and Gray. But Marquez, Gray held strong. Freeland, you know, had a bad year. But most of the pitching, I felt like, was what I expected. And the bats weren't. So I would say last year really fell off because they couldn't get the ball to fly, which makes no sense when you play half your games in Coors Field. And Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to they're, they're all really serious guys on the Rockies. Like you, I watch the Padres. I still like, they're the most fun team to watch in the (laughs) dugout because they're they're really fun dancing and goofing around and singing. I mean, the Brewers are like the other team that comes to mind. They are always like messing with the, with the players whenever they come (laughs) to the, Rockies, the Rockies do this thing where they let little kids stand at each position and get a ball signed mm-hmm. when the player runs out. Oh, and the Brewers cool. guys will be like trying to get the player, the kid on third base to come into their dugout. And they're like, we'll all sign the ball for you. And they're like teasing this kid. They're mm-hmm. hilarious. But the Rockies don't ever have fun like that. No, <laughs> no, ever, ever. They're not fun. They're, they are good guys. They're really good guys, but they are take their job so, so seriously. You have, mm-hmm. you know, Nolan, super serious about his job. Trevor Story, super serious. Charlie Blackman, I've never even heard him, like, joke. Or I've never <laughs> even seen him smile. I, it's, I mean, his beard is covering most of his face, but I really, I, I haven't noticed a smile. Ryan McMahon is pretty fun. David Dahl's fun. There's, like, some of the younger guys, but they're not the main guys, you know? Mm-hmm. That's and funny. You can't have fun <laughs> so depressing. Baseball, what are you doing? That's so depressing. It is. <laughs> it's just all, this whole thing about all these other teams and the Brewers and the Padres, and especially last year with they're the hilarious. the Padres were good. They were like a, I use this term for movies a lot, but they were like a good bad last year. They were like fun and it's like enjoyable yeah. in some ways. They have some maddening things. I mentioned Will Myers, who's like I, I compare him to Ian Desmond because they're both these players that have shown signs and especially weren't too old when they showed the signs and they've had like Desmond had a couple like two eighty batting average like almost 30 home run type of years. And when he got to Colorado, everybody's like, oh my God, this is going to be, this is, this is a good signing. He's going to be good for them. And Will Myers yeah. kind of the same thing where he was like, he had some speed too. He stole like 28 bases one year. And while I actually, I, I hate using spring training stats, but Will Myers was, was doing better. And it was starting to convince, have that, that year where he kind of makes a little bit of a comeback. Cause it's not like he's too old to have one, but they're two similar players that they've really underperformed in both sides of the game and they're getting paid way too much. And if they weren't getting paid that much, it wouldn't be as much of an issue, but you know, it's, and same thing with the Padres, Eric Hosmer, who I like, he's cool. Like I said, fun, fun, cool dude, but he's also really, really not great. So it's this interesting kind of dichotomy there that it's unfortunate, but I still think that there's hope, I guess. Transition effect. Uh, That's it for part one guys hate to cut it off there. It's been really a fun conversation so far, but 
that's it for part one of my little chat with Jenna Garcia of Locked On Rockies. It's been really fun so far, but guess what? It ain't over. And tomorrow is going to be even more of a deep dive into things like the Nolan Arenado trade possibilities and just his incredible comments that he had and expectations for the Rockies in general, expectations for more of the division. We get even more deeper into it, and that's going to be coming to you guys on Friday. But Got to cut it off there because it's content creation time, ladies and gentlemen. And you, when you have ideas and you have long podcasts that you do, you split them up. That way you can fill up the days. I'm trying to make sure that even though the three is the minimum, that I get you as many podcasts as possible. Because you know what? I like pushing myself sometimes. Just every now and then. Not all the time, but every now and then. And with that being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, whatever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Padres, and my personal account is at Javapeno. And if you guys would do me a favor and tell your smart devices right now to play Locked On MLB, that would be great because that show is great. It is hosted by my man Sully, and he's talking all sorts of all-timer teams and stuff right now going on and the, the best teams of the 2010s, and I think big baseball fans or just sports fans or just people in general are going to enjoy that very much. Of course, until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.